let's get into the word for today. The word for today is going to be coming from Matthew, starting at the 27th chapter and the 62nd verse. We're going to be in the English Standard Version. Now, because of time, I've, I put in my notes that we're covering actually Matthew, the 27th chapter, starting at the first verse, all the way through Matthew, the 28th chapter to the 15th verse. But what I'm going to read is going to be a couple of verses from in here, and then I'm going to kind of fill it in to get us to where uh, we're going to be for today. There is something significant about news. And that's what our title is for today. Our title is The News. Now, news is information that is distributed out to folks, people, information, so that everyone can have knowledge. And there's a, there's a term that has now been made really uh, brought to the forefront by uh, our president because he calls a lot of what the, the news on there, he calls it fake news. But I want you to know that that term is not a new term. Fake news has been around for a long time. And the purpose of fake news is often is, is to create a it's, it's uh, created to be a widely shared or distributed for the purpose of generating revenue or discrediting a public figure, a political movement. That's the reason that folks come up with fake news. Another term that we could use instead of saying fake news is conspiracy. We could say it's conspiracy that somebody's trying to start a conspiracy by saying this is all a lie or this is not really how it is. We have a lot of conspiracy theories that are going on around this time also. We have a lot of conspiracy theories from many, many years and that's what I want to focus on today. I know a lot, of, a lot of folks are talking about Jesus getting up from the grave and Jesus raising up with all power in his hands and Jesus walking with, meeting with the disciples and they have, you know, it's all this and this is all that's covered in this 27th chapter. But I wanted to focus on the other things that people are saying and some things that are causing conflict in the minds of people. So let's look at Matthew, the 27th chapter, starting at that 62nd verse. And it's just four verses at this time. And it says, the next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. 
Now, just a couple of little points I want to pull out of this really quickly. The next day after the day of preparation was actually the Passover. The, the chief priests and the Pharisees were supposed to be in their houses serving the Passover. But they out meeting with Pilate and trying to say that the imposter said he's going to do all this stuff and his disciples are going to come steal him in the middle of the night so we need to secure it. So he says, okay, do what you need to do. So that's what they did. They took some of the world's greatest soldiers, put them on guard duty for the next 72 hours, three days, and said, put a seal on there, the Roman seal, which means only a, a, a superior, uh, the mayor or anybody else, nobody can just come and open up that not once the seal was on there and let's lock it down. Got it? Okay. I got to set this up for you because here we go. So what had happened was Sunday morning the stone got moved. The guards took our running because they couldn't see how the stone moved, but the stone moved and they, they, they took off. And so the stone gets rolled away, Jesus comes out, the guards take off, and now we're going down to Matthew the 28th chapter, the 11th verse. And it says, while they were going, behold, some of the guards went into the city. So it says, as the guards were running away, <laughs> Some of the guards went into the city and told the chief priest all that had taken place. Now notice, they didn't go to the emperor, I mean to a pilot. They didn't go to their centurion. They went to the chief priest, the ones that told them to guard the thing. And then he said, told them all that had taken place. And when the chief priest, and when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. Wait a minute. Why would I give you money when you ran away from where I... Okay, I'm going to tell you in a moment. And say it. Tell people. His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. Now, let me explain something to you. If you were a Roman soldier and you told to be on guard duty and you fall asleep, guess what happened? No, no, you don't get no whooping. You get a beheading. But yeah, they got that money, so they're like, okay. So he says, tell, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. Because they knew they were setting them jokers up. And then it says, so they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. To this day. Now, what did I tell you we're talking about? We're talking about news. And we are discovering that every time that there is a news story, an event that comes forth, it's always somebody that's contrary. Contrary. Yet some folks that say something like, you know, it's a 50% chance of rain. 
And then somebody else say, it's a 50% chance of sunshine. Yet somebody else say, this happened, and then they'll figure out another way to say it. Just, we just like to have the controversy. Well, I wanted to rehearse in your ears today three different conspiracies, fake news stories that have stood the test of time. And I want us to have an understanding of this so that when folks start trying to explain to us why this didn't happen, we can say, like the president, that's fake news, I ain't listening to it. All right, I, you know, I just had to say that part. That's fake news. All right, so the first point that I would like to make is called the, the swoon theory or the resuscitation theory. And the, it was first proposed in, not, not 19, but 1828 by a German theologian by the name of Paulus. And he claims that Jesus didn't die. Rather, he said that Jesus merely fainted on the cross. And when he fainted, he fainted from the pain, the shock, and the loss of blood. And Jesus was then mistakenly buried alive. Okay. So that's, that's the news story that went out. That Jesus actually fainted on the cross and was buried alive. All right. So first of all, Jesus was beat down. And... If you know anything about the scourging that you got before you were crucified, you would know that his body was in shreds. Most people died from just the scourging alone. That he couldn't even carry the crossbeam of his cross and had to have somebody else carry it. So he was so weak, he couldn't even carry the part of the cross that he needed in order for the execution to be even go forth. And Jesus had spikes and through his wrists. He had spikes through his feet. And he just fainted. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now this is the part that really messes me up. Because when they came to Jesus and saw that he appeared to be dead, Roman soldiers, this was not their very first uh, uh, execution, but they said... Let's do the test to see if he's dead. So the Roman soldier takes a spear, comes up underneath his ribs, punctures his heart, and blood and water come out the womb. So if he, would, if he had fainted, I think he would have woke up when he got stuck in his heart. But anyway, I'm not trying to start nothing. I'm just pointing out. Then... Jesus was buried according to the Jewish custom. So he was wrapped in this cloth tightly. So how did he get up and he hopped himself over to the door and, and once he woke up, remember he's pretty weak, but anyway. And then a big heavy rock was put in front of the tomb. So how did Jesus, remember he's weak, roll the stone away and roll it away enough to make the Roman guards run off and scare. I, I'm just saying. So, it's 
the swoon theory is the fact that because the tomb was cold and damp, it provided an environment by which his body could resuscitate itself and that he could wake up. And I, listen, I just can't fathom how this one worked or how he was able to convince some people with this. But this is one of those things that Jesus just fainted. But I, you know what? It just came to my mind how that, why folks might think that. Because they, they believe them pictures and them paintings is true. Oh, that's the other point. When they crucified you, you ain't had no clothes on. You was butt naked. Butt naked, whichever way you want to say it. You ain't have no clothes on. You were shredded. The face was all swollen up from when they was punching on you. It wasn't no looking like this. There wasn't none of that. There's a big old knots all up beside your head and everything because you got knocked on. Okay. So let's leave the swoon theory alone. I just I just I can't even mess with it no more because it just to me it just really didn't make any sense. The next theory is a very funny one for those that are involved in the mental health field. You're gonna love this one. The next theory is called the hallucination theory. And the hallucination theory says that many people who saw Jesus in his resurrected body just imagined it happened. So all these people had the same hallucination of the same situation. I'm letting that sink in for a moment. So they had a mass hallucination. If you know anything about a hallucination, a hallucination is not instigated or the catalyst is not outside the person, it's in their brain. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to mess with that anymore either. But, and most hallucinations only happen maybe once Twice, maybe? It's not like you're going to walk three miles down the road talking to a hallucination. Once you read the story, you know where I was talking about. So, and it's like the, being in a dream state. A hallucination is like being in a dream. I, okay, all right. You're probably laughing at me right now, but that, I just wanted, this is the theories that are still going around today. So I wanted to make sure that you had a good understanding of that theory. And then finally, this is the theory that the Jewish leaders have been putting forth all the time. I read it to you twice, you probably just didn't notice it, but now I'm going to point it out. You'll, you'll catch a hold of it. So the, the next theory, the final theory that we're going to look at today is called the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory states that the Bible tells us a lot of people saw Jesus over a 40-day period. And the conspiracy theory suggests that Christ's disciples simply stole his body and fabricated the resurrection story. Now remember, when the chief priests went to Pilate, they said, Unless, let's put some guards in there unless they steal his body, remember? 
And then when they paid off the Roman guards, what did they tell them? Tell them we fell asleep, that y'all fell asleep and the disciples came and stole the body in the middle of it. So this was something that was already brewing. An idea, some fake news, some, a conspiracy that was already started before, as a backdrop against if the event actually came true. Because it did. Think about this. All the way back... <laughs> It's inconceivable that something this well-planned and thought out would succeed. Think about how many people. It said that Jesus was seen by over 500 people. And how could they get 500 people, even when they're getting ready to be executed, to want to say, that it was true. Somebody would break. Somebody would say, no, we've been lying all the time and you don't kill me, right? For those of y'all that are a little bit older, if you remember, there was a gentleman by the name of Chuck Colston who was on the Nixon uh, cabinet during the Watergate time. And this is what he says. He says, I know how impossible it is for a group of people even some of the most powerful in the world to maintain a lie. The Watergate cover-up lasted only a few weeks before the first conspirator broke and turned state's evidence. This story about Jesus being resurrected from the dead has lasted over 2,000 years. And if it's a lie, then something is not this is one of the greatest lies ever, or it is the absolute truth, and it is what God said it was going to be. I happen to be of that mindset. That although all this fake news is going up, one of the ways that I can tell you to get through the fake news is to do your own research. The word of God has been validated, verified repeatedly, and it tells us quite simply, this is what we should know. It says in 1 John, the fourth chapter, the first through the third verses, it says this. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. If to conspiracy is saying that Jesus did not validate God's word then it is of the antichrist and you know the word the prefix anti means against so anything that is not validating what Jesus did he was crucified he was buried he was raised he's at the right hand of the father 
anything that is, says has some contemplation or some conflict with any of that part is not of God. It is of the Antichrist. Now, if you call somebody Antichrist, they're going to probably be ready to fight you. But all it means simply is that it's against God. And so I wanted to use today to, to explain to you that do not allow without doing your own research and looking into what is being said about Jesus to become finally what you believe. Because if you do, there can be an opportunity for one or some, something like these conspiracy theories or these swoon theory or the uh, resurrection theory, any of that to come in and try to pull you away. But if you know the word for yourself and you have studied for yourself, then because you have knowledge, it is very hard for you to be pulled away by fake news. We want to operate in the good news that Jesus has died. God raised him from the dead. And because of that, he has given us victory over death, over hell, over the grave and has moved us from death to eternal life to live with him. And it is a choice that we get to make whether we want to live in death and dying or to live in life eternal with him in heaven. And I'm not going to hold you much longer, but I just want to make sure that you understand this. That Jesus did all this in order to provide an opportunity for us to be reconciled with the Father. And because of that, we can now call ourselves a part of the family of God. And if you have not made that decision, I will tell you that it's a decision that needs to be made. Because not making a decision is in fact having made a decision. And I would exhort you, I would tell you that the best thing to do is to make the decision to have Jesus be the head of your life, the savior of your soul, and that he will lead you and guide you to all truth and that you can walk in the victory which is in him. If you make that decision for the first time today, we ask that you will just go ahead and let us know either through the chat, either through the in or, or contact us through our email. We have some information that we would like to give you and to cause you to grow and to be more of what God has purposed for you to be on this earth. Let's not make this just a day of celebration, but let's make this a day of grand celebration because you are now a part of the family of God. It's not a complex thing. All it is is that you simply say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for allowing me to become a part of your family. Simple confession. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that you shall be saved. It says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is 
All we're asking today is don't believe the fake news. Don't believe all the noise that is going on out there and trust in the truth that God loved you so much that while you were still not on his side, he sent his son to die for you. And because he died for you, you now have access to God through him. That's good news. And there ain't nothing fake about it. Nothing fake about it. Father, we thank you for those that have made the decision to accept you into their lives today. We ask that you will open up doors, open up the, the eyes of their understanding. Father, as they uh, let us know so that we can give them the information that they need in order to be more secure in you, we ask that you'll continue to bless them and keep them in all things. And Father, we thank you for everyone that has come today and has spent time with us uh, celebrating this day, the day that you have that we are recognizing that you raised your son from the dead so that he would have all power in his hands. We thank you. We honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.